Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary. Maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are locked on thunder. Your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, everyone. We're locked in for episode 63 of Locked On Thunder, presented by the Norman Transcript. I'm your host, Fred Katz. Locked On Thunder is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can head on to iTunes and search Locked On Thunder to subscribe to the podcast there. You can leave a review once you're there, too. Find us on audioboom.com as well. Log on to normantranscript.com and check out my blog, Thunder Road, under the Sports tab on the site for more Thunder coverage. I'm on every day of the week now, Monday through Friday. Here's your Monday episode. Hope you didn't miss me too much over the weekend. Recording this after the Thunder beat the Timberwolves 112-94 to at Chesapeake Energy Arena. Thunder now 2-3 and three on the preseason, 26 points, 10 assists for Russell Westbrook, 20 points, 11 boards, 4 blocks for Steven Adams, uh, just some injury stuff. The Thunder got all their guys back except for Cameron Payne on Sunday night. Uh, Alex Abrinas left the game with what the Thunder called a right hip contusion as well. No timetable there as of right now. I promise I'll let you know as soon as it's there. People are still tweeting at me. They're still tweeting at me wondering, what's the update with Adams? What's... What's going on with Robertson's knee? What's going on with McGarry's foot? Any update? I promise, guys, when there are updates, I'm going to tell you. I promise. I tweeted at somebody. I'm not telling you. And somebody asked me recently. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this, with this, with this implication that I'm keeping the information from you. Literally the opposite of what a reporter does. I promise. I'll tell you when I know. Let's talk some game reaction. It, it, Monday episode, not even two minutes in, I'm already, I'm already ranting. I'm in full Costanza mode right now, just venting my frustrations on all of you. Let's talk game reaction, though. This will be better. Thunder played real lineups, like actual real human lineups, like ones without Caleb Tarzuski. That's a big That's a big deal. Nothing gets – actually, you know what? I shouldn't knock Caleb Tarzuski. He played really well when he played on Thursday. But Caleb Tarzuski is not going to be on the team. He's going to be on the Oklahoma City Blue and the Thunder ran their rotations, at least for the first three quarters. The Thunder ran their rotations the way that they're going to run the rotations are close to the way. At least it was somewhat of a facsimile of a regular season game. I mean, the, the Wolves didn't play anybody. We'll get to that later because there was something there that kind of frustrated me. Not with what the Wolves did and not playing people, but just the circumstances that that a team could have not to play everybody in the preseason like that. Um but they played real lineups. They really did. They staggered Oladipo and Westbrook. Uh, that was the first time they've done that this preseason. Russell Westbrook played 30 minutes. And he did that through three quarters. Uh, Victor Oladipo played 27. Did that through three quarters. Steven Adams played 22, and he played He played a great game. He played a really, really good game. Uh, we saw Abrinas and, and Canner as the first two guys off the bench. They came in at the 435 mark for... Uh, who they come in for? Oladipo and Adams. Uh, clearly, clearly a way to 
for Donovan to to stagger Oladipo and Westbrook. So we'll see. Maybe maybe Oladipo comes out at that four or five minute marker. He came back in near the end of the first quarter when Westbrook came out. Uh, maybe you know maybe it's something that we see. Maybe Westbrook plays close to a full quarter. Oladipo comes out at you know four or five minute marker, something like that. Comes back in at the one or two minute marker in the first when Westbrook comes out. Maybe Westbrook, if he's playing really well, plays a full quarter. Oladipo goes back out at the start of the second quarter with a second unit. But for now, it looks like Donovan is gonna gonna stagger lineups um, as he should, as he should. It's it's the best way to do it when you got Cameron Payne hurt, when you don't have your you don't have that 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 tertiary facilitator out there. Um, it's just it's a lot easier when you have Victor Oladipo out there creating offense for your team and. Uh, you don't leave it up to to Ronnie Price or or whoever's going to be the backup point guard, and and that's something that was another storyline that kind of emerged during Sunday's game. I'm going to preface this by saying, Simaje Christian got a five hundred thirty four thousand dollar deal from the Thunder. Two hundred thousand of that is guaranteed. He has a partially guaranteed contract. That you that is something that you that is the most important piece of information. In the Samaje Christian versus Ronnie Price conversation that I know we're all either having or thinking about having. Because it is interesting. Ronnie Price has two guaranteed years. This year is guaranteed. They're both for about $2.5 million. This year is fully guaranteed. Next year is not a player option. It's not a team option. It's not a partial guarantee. It's not non-guaranteed. Next year is a guaranteed year. They gave him two guaranteed years. Leaving a guy with two guaranteed years is not a thing that happens. So if you're thinking, ah, Samaje Christian is playing well. He got 22 minutes. Ronnie Price got nine. What's what's going on here? You're valid in asking that question, what's going on here? Um, for the Twitter conspiracy theorists saying that you can just wave Ronnie Price and bring on Samaje Christian, that's not a thing. Um I really don't think that's a thing. If the Thunder want to bring Kristen onto a roster, uh, they, they have to get super creative in manipulating the roster. I don't know how they would do that. I really I can't figure out how they would possibly do it. Now, I thought Kristen played well in this game. He did. He, he went to the hoop well. He played pretty good defense. Uh, he made some good passes within the offense. I, I thought he played a really good game, and I think he's an NBA backup. I do. I think he's a second or third string point guard in the NBA. I think he's gotten good enough to do it. I just... Um, Sam Presti is a lot smarter than me. If he wants it to happen, maybe he can figure out a way to make it happen. I just, I don't know how it would. Um, they've got 16 guys looking at guaranteed deals come opening day. Laverne will be guaranteed on opening day. So even if they wave one guy, they're down to 15. That's the max. They have to get rid of somebody. Whether it's, you know, whether they make a two for one trade, whether they wave somebody, you know, wave McGarry, whatever it is. They have to get down to 15. So in order to bring on Kristen, they got to get rid of two guys. They got to get rid of two guys. Or they have to make a three-for-one deal, wave somebody, make a two-for-one trade, make a three-for-one trade. I just, I don't know how it happens. I, I really, I don't know. So maybe maybe Kristen goes to the blue and, and they find a way to get him on the roster by the middle of the year. Maybe. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't, I don't know how it happens. Uh, I really don't. Um, so I know, I know people are, are excited about Kristen and and I know there are people out there who and when I say people I, I don't mean like basketball I mean like I mean there are basketball people who think Kristen's good but when I'm talking right now I'm talking about you know people tweeting at me uh, and I know there are Thunder fans who want Kristen out there um, and that's a defensible 
position. It really is. He's he's pretty good. Uh, but just from a roster composition standpoint, I'm I'm not sure how it happens. I'm just I I I'm confused as to how how you can make that happen if they want to you know bend over backwards to get Kristen on there. I, I just I'm not I'm not sure how they can how they create can create space for him. Uh, so quickly in case you missed the game because it wasn't on TV, you couldn't DVR it, you couldn't tape it, you couldn't put in a tape and put it on your VCR if you're super old school. Uh, Donovan went with a 10-man rotation. Starters were Westbrook, Oladipo, Robertson, Sabonis, Adams. Reserves, Cantor, Abrinas, Laverne, Ilyasova, Kristen. Now, I'm just going with what the reserves and starters were. Starters, obviously, who started the game. And the reserves, I'm just going with this was his rotation for the first three quarters of the game. Uh, Singler did come in, but it was after Abrinas got hurt. He basically filled the Abrinas Abrinas void when Abrinas hurt the hit. That was interesting, though, because... I had kind of assumed that Billy Donovan was going to run a rotation out there that included either Singler or Hustis. But he went with five big men for the most part. I mean, Ilyasova didn't play much. He only played seven minutes. And that's interesting because he's a guy who I thought had a chance to start and, and still does have a chance to start depending on how things go with Sabonis, how things go with Laverne because he shoots threes. But he only played seven minutes and he hasn't played a ton this he hasn't played a ton this preseason, but he was, you know, uh, in in the... What's the way to put it? He was organically in the rotation. It didn't seem like he was forced in because of preseason circumstance or anything. I kind of thought that either Singler or Houston had to be had to be in the rotation, and, and maybe they will. Maybe one of them will. Uh, maybe this was kind of a preseason thing in some ways. Uh, but we we didn't see Singler, and Singler went three for four from three again. So he's what twelve for his last sixteen from three. Kyle Singler on fire. Making making the threes that don't matter. We'll see if that continues. It was kind of another situation of a lot of open shots. But heck, he's making them. Can't knock a guy for making them. Uh, but no Houston. Didn't see the floor. Uh, I am I am interested to see if that holds up. I mean, you know, you play at, at Brinus at some three. Or you play three guard lineups. And... Um, you know, two point guard lineups, and and you can you can try to get away with that stuff. Um, you know, the Thunder were going up against all reserves. The Wolves had all their guys. Um, it seemed like Donovan coached in the way that he wants to coach. It really did. Uh, I I, uh, I I wonder if if that aspect of the rotation cha- of the rotation changes though a little bit as we move forward as the team goes into the year and and thinks mm, maybe we could use. Maybe we could use a guy, just a, a wing, even for 10, 12, 15 minutes, just a guy to go out there and guard a little bit on the wing, uh, whether that's Singler, who can knock down some threes, or Houston, who's a more active defender. Defender, He can have switching on guys and, and even protecting the rim a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know which one they'll choose. It seems like Singler is ahead of Houston in the rotation, uh, but but I wonder if, if that's a guy who's – one of those guys is – is in a position to crack the rotation relatively easily, which I imagine they are. We're talking about a you know ninth, tenth, eleventh rotation spot here. We're not talking about uh, you know being you know the number two guy behind Russell Westbrook. Speaking of number two guy behind Russell Westbrook, let's talk about Stephen Adams a bit. Stephen Adams, first game back, twenty two minutes, twenty points, eleven boards, four blocks. He dunked on Cole Aldrich twice in like a second. Those were ridiculous dunks. Check out my vine. Check out my Vine. That's the first time I've ever plugged my Vine account. Just check out my Vine so you can check out Steven Adams, 
one hand, pulled down a rebound with one hand, spun around, and slammed on Cole Aldridge. And Cole Aldridge had a, had a good game defending the rim, too, except for these two plays. Then, like, a second later, made the exact same play and slammed again another dunk. Uh, seriously, check out those plays. Those, those are really good plays. He's just an athlete. Victor Oladipo called him a freak after the game. He's just an athlete, man. But he's he's a lot more than that, though, as you showed. He, he's, he's a really good defensive player, and... Uh, I thought he played a great game. What was what was really interesting about Adams, though, you know, Stephen Adams, when we see him score, his offensive game, he's not at all a one-dimensional offensive player. He's always been a pretty decent passer, and he's a good screen setter, and he's good diving to the hoop, and he's good for dump-offs. He's a good finisher around the rim. He can throw down lobs. I mean, he's not one-dimensional. But his points, for the most part, historically, they come on dump-offs. You know, they come on putbacks, they come on lobs, they come off, you know, dives to the rim on pick and rolls. A much greater array of types of shots that we saw from him, though, on Sunday. He he was trying that little Brooke Lopez flip, flip floater from like six feet. He tried that a few times, put up a few hook shots. Um, I mean, he was he was like really decisively taking shots in the post. And we keep hearing Steven Adams is going to get more post opportunities this year. We saw that a lot. I don't know if we're going to see quite as many as we did on Sunday in your average game. I think, you know, it was his first game back. He wanted to work at it, and, and, and he should. He should take the preseason to work on things. He wants to work on that. Makes a lot of sense. That's what preseason's for. But, you know, he looked decent doing it. I mean, the, the hook shot was a little inconsistent. Um, the floaters look like, I mean, they didn't really go in, but they look comfortable. They look like they'll probably go in, and they're fine shots. I mean, you know, a, a six-foot six foot shot is fine. I mean, he can make that shot. Uh, those are, those are fine shots. And then, and then, you know, you factor in the athleticism and the offensive rebounding and, and the putbacks. And all of a sudden you're talking about a guy who, who's scoring is just really going to increase this year by how much. I don't know. I don't know if he's, I mean, it's good. He's, if we're talking just points per game, if we're talking about like archaic stats, like points per game, that's going to go up just because he's going to average more minutes. But, but I mean, the scoring is his usage. His usage is going to go up. Usage is just how how many possessions, what percentage of your team's possessions end with you taking a shot, getting fouled, or turning the ball over. His usage is going to go up. It was real down last year. It was super low. I don't think he's going to be like this insanely voluminous player, but but he it's going to be a lot higher than it was last year. And not just because Kevin Durant is gone, not just because there are more touches to go around. I think that's what people were saying, myself included. Well, there are more touches to go around, and some will go to Westbrook, some will go to Oladipo, some will go to Adams, some will go to Robertson, and so on. And they were just going to kind of naturally come to him. But I think he's actually deserved. Uh, I, I don't know if that phrasing does does his improvement a proper service because I think he actually does deserve some of those extra touches. I think his offensive game has improved. I think it's improved and I think he deserves those little extra touches there. Um, you know, he's not DeMarcus Cousins, but he's better than Steven Adams was a year ago. And that's a, that's a, that's a good start. That's a good start for Steven Adams getting better than you were a year ago is always nice. Finally, let's, I want to talk about the wolves for a sec. This kind of bothered me. Maybe it bothered me more than it should, but it bothered me. It bothered me. The Wolves didn't play anybody in that game. And, and I'm not saying the Wolves bothered me. The Wolves did not bother me. Like, what Tom Dibodeau did 
didn't bother me. They should have sat everyone. They played on a back-to-back in the preseason. They played Miami. So they played the Thunder Sunday night in Oklahoma City. They played Miami Saturday night in Louisville, Kentucky. Back-to-back in the preseason. Road back-to-back in the preseason. Now, all their games are on the road. Uh, they're having renovations done to their uh, done to their arena. So, so all the games, all the games are on the road. But road back to back in the preseason. So Minnesota sat Gorgie Jang, Zach Levine, Shabazz Muhammad, Ricky Rubio, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Biggins. Left the two big names for last. That's like six of their seven or eight best players. That's a back to back in the preseason. It doesn't do anybody service. It doesn't, and and I know team schedule that they they set up their schedule, but it's not like the 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 wolves were were you know irking for an extra playoff game. They were an extra preseason game. They weren't. They're playing seven preseason games. They could have dropped a game. And I just think teams are better off. I think teams are better off um, playing against teams can play their lineups. So like the Thunder were able to play their rotations this game. They were able to treat it like an NBA game, but they were going against the you know, the Wolves D League team. You know, aside from Chris Dunn played, um, a couple other guys played. Cole Aldridge played. He's you know one of the better backup centers in the league. He's a good player. Chris Dunn is going to be a good player, and it's good for those guys to get opportunities. But it's it's helpful for the Thunder if you know if you're going to play a preseason game. You're going to exhibition and that kind of stuff. Like it's nice to be able to figure out how you're going to do your rotations and that kind of stuff. If it's Billy Donovan, but I imagine it's more helpful if you're going up against you know legit NBA competition. The Timberwolves have talent. They have a lot of young talent in that team. That would be a tough team to play against. And I just think it's uh, just a preseason back to back should should never happen. That bothered me. And now obviously once the back to back is there, you sit your guys. Of course, Tibbs made the right decision. Of course. And I'm not one who complains about about resting players. I'm like so pro that I'm so for that Popovichian mentality of you know resting guys of randomly sitting guys for TNT games. Like I love it when Pop does that stuff. This is not about that, but because that that that's the preseason when or that's the regular season when the schedule is made for you. But you, you should be able teams should be able to avoid back to back situations in the preseason. And uh, I was. I don't know. I, I'm, I admit that I'm more irked by this than I should be. <laughs> I admit that it's it's a little caricaturist of me uh, to be this annoyed by such a mostly meaningless thing. Uh, but I just I wish I wish that the that teams would put themselves in a position not to have back to backs in the preseason. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about the topic. You you know it. I'm done. I'm done. I started on a Costanza note and I'm ending on a Costanza note. Uh, before we go, remember I'm on every weekday, Monday through Friday. You can head on to iTunes to subscribe to Locked On Thunder. If you have questions or comments, email LockedOnThunder at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Fred Katz, F-R-E-D-K-A-T-Z. Log on to NormanTranscript.com for all your Thunder needs and check out Thunder Road uh, to follow team coverage. That's my blog that I mentioned before. It's under the sports tab on the site. And you can see what's next for the Thunder there. That's going to do it for today. I'm back with you tomorrow for a pregame. Well, I should say uh, it's a it's a it's a preview of the Thunder's final preseason game. They're playing the Denver Nuggets at home, Chesapeake Energy Arena. I believe that game. Oh, it's either seven or seven thirty on Tuesday night. So I'll be back with you tomorrow 
for a preview of that game. Until next time, though, Locked on Thunder is locking up.